her job as a submissive and as a woman in this relationship that we are that we're living is to be receptive to my leadership which means it's my job to be receptive to her heart because that's the that's the heart connection that we miss when we make dominance and submission just about obey me Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Deeper Podcast. And today is a really, really special episode. If some of you may have seen, I wrote a post a few days ago saying that I've been moving from polarity almost towards subdom relationships, and it's a topic I'm very much exploring. And by divine timing, I have this very beautiful couple sitting in front of me uh, who are a 24-7 dom-sub married couple, if I could say that correctly. So, Andrew and Don are here with me today, and I'm just so honored that they're here. So welcome. Hi. Hi, we're excited to be here with you. Hello. Yes, we are. Mm, so happy you're here. So should we just first start with maybe just a brief introduction of who you are and what you're doing in the world? Uh, I'm sure many people who are listening to this episode already have many, many questions, so I have all the time to get into that. But who are you and what are you creating? Well, we are... We've, we've been married. My name's Andrew. This is Don. We've been married for almost 12 years. Yeah. And it was a, just over four years ago that I had this on a wild hair and a date night. I asked her to become my submissive on top of being my wife. And so this, like, we've kind of made this into, it, it's really infiltrated every part of our life and our relationship. And we've, we started sharing it through our Instagram account and not even like you can maybe tell that story, but it was almost an accident how we stumbled into people wanting to hear and learn more about this. And she got a little sassy on a date night after a couple glasses of wine <laughs> and uh, yeah, put hashtag collared girl on one of, on a post where she was wearing one of her pretty collars. And we started getting people reaching out to us going, you get like your normal people who live yeah. this dynamic. And we realized pretty quickly that there's, there was a hunger out there to understand more about what it was that we were living. And so that's what we do. And what we share is the realities of how, of all the things we've learned about living these dominant submissive dynamics, along with being in love and caring mm -hmm. for each other and, retaining dignity and humanity alongside of it so beautifully said yeah there have been several instances where you and i were chatting and that i you, you really made me cry like you made me tear up because there's such a beautiful truth i think to what you are what you are practicing together and we were just talking before i pressed recording but there is I think a lot of people might might think that like subdom is this quite superficial, like very extreme way of relating to each other when and, and, and don't realize that there's this very deep truth to it. There's this very deep connection and a very deep soul nourishment. That's how it I seem to be understanding it and just been hearing like the way I've been reading your posts and the way both of you have been like sharing your story. I've been moved to tears many, many times. So. I would love to ask you, what is what does this dom-submissive relationship, what does that mean for the both of you? Just so to understand a little bit of what it what it is. I'm sure a lot of people are like, well, okay, so what does that look like? <laughs> well, to get come back to what you said, a lot of people do assume that it's 50 shades of gray in a red room, and that's yes. all that it can be. Yeah. And it can just be that, and it is mm -hmm. just that for some people. Mm -hmm. And there's really, there's nothing wrong with, with that. If some, if people want to explore that as a kink mm -hmm. and what we've like for us, what it is, it takes why the kink is exciting mm -hmm. and makes that into a part of how we relate to each other. And mm -hmm. so it's more, it, it becomes for us more about the practice of relating to each other in a polarized type of way on a daily basis. 
Can you give an example of what that looks like in like a normal day? Like, I don't know, what if you're sitting down for breakfast? What would what would we see? <laughs> well, would you share the ritual <laughs> that we have around eating? Yeah. So um, the actual cooking of meals kind of is both of ours, but I, that's one service that I really enjoy giving mm -hmm. to him. Mm -hmm. And so I do a lot of the cooking. I like to be creative in that way too. And um, I always seek to please him. And so I'm always like, are you enjoying it? <laughs> but um, we share in the breakfast. We kind of take turns with that. And every time we sit down to eat, no matter if it's at home or out in a restaurant or whatever, um, we sit down and he enjoys his first bite of food first. And I patiently wait. And once he starts, then I'm allowed to start. And so that's... That's been around for kind of a while, and it's one fun little piece of it that we know what it means between us. Yeah, we can live that out no matter where we're at, all the time. Right, and it's it's a show of respect. It's a waiting. It's a way that we. It's one of the little ways that we integrate this, like loving respect and leadership, into a normal part of our day. And like she said, we can do this around our whole family. We can do it in a busy restaurant. And to us, it's deeply meaningful. And it's like, it enhances the connection between us because there's this sense of, she's gonna be respectful, wait until I take my first bite. And then unless for some reason I choose to tell her to go ahead without me. But it's it's something, it's one of the examples of how this can play out. And people have a lot of shame around it being dominant and submissive yeah. because they attached it to the kink. But it, it's, it can be so much more than that. And that's really like, you know, when we sit down for breakfast, that's just one little way that we show that. I am moved listening to you speak, Don, because it's Like I call myself a recovering, strong, independent woman. And even though I have, I would call myself a more surrendered role to, to my partner, there is still a part of me that, that kicks in and thinks, do we just please our men? Even though I love pleasing my man, right? But to even <laughs> ad to admit that that is something that I would desire to give feels like all the programming that I was raised on, on being like a tough, successful woman kicks in. So I'm really curious, Don, about your story. Was that something that you also had or was like, how did it feel when he asked you to be his submissive? Is that something that was just naturally in you? Yes. And that's okay. part of, um, so my background of dominance and submission was 50 Shades of Grey when okay. he asked me. That's <laughs> so, all she knew. That's all I knew. I read the books. And so when he started explaining it to me, Yeah. He used term, terms like, well, and also examples from our relationship. So in these ways, in these times, when I have taken the lead and you have followed and he spelled out like how great it was. And like, there was no resistance to that. Like I knew the experience. I felt the experience of how much better those moments in life were. Yeah. Like date nights where yeah. I would just make all the plans and she would come along and not ask any questions and just follow my lead or vacations or times when we were just kind of off in our own world. Yep. And so he also spelled out to me the qualities in me that showed there's natural submissiveness there. And again, I didn't like argue with that at all. It felt real to me. I knew at the time if we're going love languages, that acts of service was one way that I love pleasing him. Right. And it comes that flows naturally out of me to everybody. Mm -hmm. And um, I never resonated with anything about like the alpha female, the wanting to be in charge, the boss babe, you know, that just was never my thing, but that also wasn't displayed to me in my upbringing. Mm -hmm. I wasn't around that. I lived a little bit more sheltered. And so I didn't feel resistance there, but that doesn't mean that none of those belief systems that I didn't bump up against. Mm -hmm. And so it really, the work, some of the work for me was really dismantling those when I felt them come and really owning this because it feels right to me. It makes me a better woman. 
and therefore it makes me a better wife and better all around. And it makes our relationship that much greater and better. What do you think it was in him that, that made you feel that, that made you feel like it was safe to go there or that it was like, what could you, can you distill what it was in him that made it feel like, yeah, I feel really good doing this. So he, from the very start of our relationship, we always both felt like we had a great relationship and we stood out among other people. Mm. We never complained about each other. We like, we loved each other. And one thing that really stood out to me about him was probably a few years prior that this, so we came out of religion kind of together and kind of set mm-hmm. that aside. And so at the time, I wasn't walking away from God, but I recognized that my experience in the religion side of it, we did, wasn't wasn't God to me. And so I kind of set that over there. And then I went on this journey um, also uh, encouraged by him to always be myself. That's who we wanted. He wasn't trying to be into anybody. He wasn't trying to shape shift me into this wife that he wanted. He wanted me to be myself. And so on my journey, I found myself finding Tony Robbins and some of the, like the people who spoke about yourself. And one question he asked in a podcast was whose love did you crave the most mom or dad's? And I was like, uh, both. And when I realized that I didn't feel the love for my parents as a little girl, mm-hmm. but he was the first person in my life that I actually felt deeply unconditionally loved by no matter what, there was no stipulations on his love for me. Mm-hmm. And so when he came to me and asked about this submissive journey, that's what I felt in my heart is this man loves me. And when he like explained it to me, I about leading me to a place where I couldn't take myself. Mm-hmm. I jumped in with two feet and said, yes, but not after <laughs> it took me 30 days. Yeah. She, <laughs> she, gave, she gave me a, an entire month of questions and <laughs> contemplation and um, yeah. yeah, lots of opportunities for me to wonder where this whole thing was going to go. <laughs> Yeah, because this isn't like sometimes in the polarity world, we do it as like practices. It's like going to a yoga class. That's not what this is, right? This is like a, your everyday life. Every moment has yeah. this, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, and and that's what people miss, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> in, like in taking this out of the realm of like something that happens in the bedroom yeah. into into a way of relating, they miss the fact that it it can't always be bedroom level intensity. Yeah. It really is a matter of like, and this took us time to get to, but it really becomes a matter of instead of being a dominant, I have to embody strength and dominance to be able to lead her and myself and our lives together in a way that's strong and positive and looking out for everyone's best interest. She has to learn not to be a submissive, Mm -hmm. but to learn to surrender and to follow and let go of control and to really let herself follow me where I want to take her. Mm. And that like, that's how you have to move beyond the roles. If you want to make this a part of your everyday life and it, People attach the two, and that's one of the things we do when we work with clients, and when we like when we teach is like we have to take those those things apart because the guilt and the shame around mm-hmm. the kink and the bedroom stuff mm-hmm. now starts to play into like wearing this beautiful collar out in public because people attach it to what it means in the bedroom instead yeah. of what it means to the relationship. And they haven't worked through the same shame around sexuality. I mean, let's be real. That's also yeah. part of the work. Yeah, to, to let your, the, the, the sexual um, relating aspect, to let that be part of your everyday life. 
mm-hmm. of, of yes. the dynamic that you are cultivating there and that that's part of how you eat breakfast, which is so beautiful, which is totally part of being um, an adult, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to come back to something. Uh, sorry, go on. You just, you let that energy of the sexuality of yeah. like the desire for each other start to permeate all of the ways that you go through your life. And it's, it's not just about sex. It's not just about red rooms. It's about the flow of energy. And like, that's how we, like we backed into this whole understanding what polarity was and masculine and feminine energy and uh, union and divine union. Yeah. We came to understand these concepts because we started acting as dominant and submissive and went, holy shit, something bigger is going on in this relationship. Like something, some energy is moving here. And we started looking for mm. words to put to what was going on. I want to come back to something Don just said. She said he didn't, he didn't want me to just be some kind of wife. He wanted me to be me. And I think that is maybe a really big misconception and, and probably why a, a lot of people that might hear about like a subdom relationship might think like, oh, but then he's going to dominate me into being something that he needs me to be. And I've noticed I naturally submit or surrender to Temer when I feel that he is, um, that it's a we thing, not a him thing. So he's, it's his love for me and for us. And he's leading from that versus what he wants to achieve. Is that something you recognize in, in how you lead? Is that, or, or is there a nuance in that? Well, I think maybe getting at what you're saying is even a step deeper that you probably feel that sense of surrender and submission when he is authentically embodying his own version of masculine strength. Yes. Yeah. And so like, that's why like for her submission needs to be about learning what it is that allows her to surrender, not about following a list of tasks or doing it a certain way. And for me, it's about not dominating her. It's about being a dominant, strong presence. Hmm. Can you say more about this? Can you give an example of what the difference is? I, I could feel it, but I want to. <laughs> well, one example that's a really good one in our relationship is how I've had to learn to um, handle feminine emotion. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. And, you <laughs> know, in, yeah. in our... <laughs> In our circles, uh, some of our friends like even like make jokes about the capacity that I've developed to handle feminine emotion and not rocked by it, but actually to receive it as energy. Yeah. And so one of the ways that I allow her this energy in the space to really feel safe enough to let go and follow me and my my direction for us is that I've tried to cultivate my own open heart, my own open Mm. heart center and to encourage her to open her penetration from her heart and to feel through me. And when when I'm able to do that and be unaffected by it and really receive it, that gives her a sense of my strength. If I'm putting that in a way that feels right to you, it gives her a sense of my strength to handle everything that she is as a woman. And then she feels more and more free to follow me because she knows that I'm going to receive everything that she feels as her love. Mm. That's one of the things I teach men is that we need to understand that if she is feeling a feeling and she's willing to, and feels safe enough to feel that to me, whether it's fear or anger or, affection or like all the good and bad 
all of that energy of she's feeling it at me, into me, mm-hmm. that's her love for me. She's trusting me to handle her emotion, her feeling. All of her emotions are love when she's feeling them into me. And when she, when, I, I know that when she feels that I can be that open to receive her, that every piece of my leadership, of my direction, is going to be informed by her natural reaction to it, her authentic emotional reaction to my leadership. And what what I've experienced from that side is when he felt like that for me, like he could hold all of that, it was like, look out, because everything just started to come out (laughs) that needed to come out Mm -hmm. that was blocking any bit of authentic submission, any bit of surrender to even the the biggest aspect of God in the universe. Like it, it just started coming up. <laughs> and so I needed to feel it and he received it and we just kept moving through all of it. Oh, what if, if it's um, because of you, what if she's angry at you, for instance, how does that, does that feel similar? There are some obviously that are harder than others, but that's like, I actually think it was on your podcast that Chris Bale said this, (laughs) that a man's receptivity is his heart. And her job as a submissive and as a woman in this relationship that we are, that we're living is to be receptive to my leadership, which means it's my job to be receptive to her heart, because that's the that's the heart connection that we miss when we make dominance and submission just about obey me. Mm-hmm. When we have the heart connection flowing from her into me, even if she's mad at me because I did something fucking stupid, well, that's my feedback. That is my that is the information that I get in return for my bad decision. And so I have to take that as what it is, which is a calling to rise to be better. And that like, that is what is required to really be able to lead with integrity and heart. That's really moving because I, I think a lot of men, when they are uh, confronted with their upset woman, the first thing that will be moved in them is, is a feeling of like, oh, I did it wrong or oh, she's blaming me, right? And it brings up defense when being in the feminine role of that, it's usually a, like, I'm calling you into a better love. (laughs) Like, I'm upset because I want more love, and I know there's more love. And that's why I'm upset. And and I think it's rarely worded as beautifully or felt as beautifully as what you just said of, like, she's calling you, she's giving you feedback to lead both of you deeper. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's really beautiful. It's yeah, I'm like, I'm like processing while I'm listening to you because there is there's something in me that also goes like I I desire this. I, I'm curious about your story, Andrew. Like, how did you how did you get here? Were you like were you how did how do you know these things? Was this something that you were just naturally had in you? A lot of it I did have naturally in me, and a lot of it I didn't know what it was. Right. And that's what I that's what I mean when I say we backed into a lot of this stuff because I knew that if she would just I used to this was one of our old phrases, like chill the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. CTFO. CTFO. Like that was one of our things, even long before the dominant submissive thing. Was I knew if she would just chill the fuck out and let me lead, that I could make all of the things that weren't good. I could make them good. Mm. And I also had this idea in my head of wanting to be in a dominant submissive relationship and not really knowing all of what that meant to me because I'd never experienced it. And so when I worked up, well, I say I worked up the balls, but really I kind of (laughs) even surprised myself when we were on this date night and just the conversation we were, we were having led to me saying, I'd like you to be my submissive. And I didn't even really know what I was getting myself into. But as like, as she said, yes, 
And even before she agreed to it, after that month of discussing it, I had to start to put words to what I meant. Mm -hmm. And then over the first like several years of it, it was just a continual... Like, I, I've always had a sense of, of being deeply intuitive, mm -hmm. but I also had my own shit that I had to work through my own like work that I had to do. And like EMDR therapy was absolutely life changing for me in releasing past traumas for me of childhood sexual abuse and to be able to really feel more at home myself. But at, like, as we kept doing this, more things kept making sense. And I'm the type of person who always needs to follow things to their full and logical conclusion and understand them as deeply as I can. And so I kept finding more and more people. You were one of them. Chris Vale was one of them. Our friend Christina from, uh, mm -hmm. she's Solar Feminine Arts on Instagram. She's another one who continually kept putting words to these things I was experiencing, but didn't have language for. And then her reactions to how I was doing things kept calling me to be better. The more I received it, the more, the better I could become. And so it was like, as my heart opened more, and I realized where it came in and, and hit something and made me like react in a way I didn't want to, or a way that she didn't feel good about the more I was able to continue to release whatever was getting in the way of being able to fully receive her, like her heart completely. You've, you've alluded to it a few times, but I, I would love to just hear it like directly. Like how do you not think, but how does it feel? Like what is, what is masculine and feminine to you? Like how are you experiencing it in your relationship? Like, you said you have a responsibility to lead or she has a responsibility of her heart and you have responsibility to receive that. Can you share a little bit more of, of how that's actually, how you feel masculine and feminine energies in your relationship? So I kind of alluded to it, but this is the way that I, that I explain that flow of energy yeah. is really that it's my responsibility to lead. I make a decision and we, follow that decision. She follows that decision. Mm -hmm. And when she receives that direction from me, she lets whatever happens inside of her body happen. And her work is to not resist her natural reaction to my leadership, to my direction, to my authority, mm -hmm. and to feel what you feel and share it and to feel outwardly. And that's like, that comes back to that heart expression for her that I have to receive. So I need to be willing to receive the information generated by her body, by her emotional reaction to my leadership. And so for me, it feels like taking charge and then receiving all of the feedback that comes from my decisions. What about you? Well, and in response to that, our goal, we know that our goal is the same. And we all, he leads, I follow. We also know that we are deeply loving and devoted to each other. Mm -hmm. And so on this journey, whatever would come up in me mm -hmm. needed to be felt without judgment mm -hmm. and the goal is without the projecting, but we also understood that I have my own stuff from my past and so does he. And so that was part of our work in moving through those blocks that might block the flow of that love and devotion to each other. And so it really was about this for us has been about that journey of arriving what I call fully home in my body without living with those blocks of energy, because then it, it literally just flows. And I'm not saying we're perfect. But when you can remove those things, like that natural submissiveness and posturing of just sitting at his feet, like I was sitting at the feet of God, 
that is just there. That just happens. I think this is such a beautiful thing for people to to realize that this isn't you're not like reading a list of like this is how to be dom and this is how to be sub and like you do that and like you check that off. It's something that's naturally emerging within yourself that's just naturally happening. And that's the same thing I'm sensing in my relationship. Like it's just naturally coming up. It's not a book we're reading and we're trying to be like that. I'm curious what happens if let's say I always use this example in my courses, but let's say he you're in the car, he's driving and he gets the car directions wrong. What what kind of response would happen in you, Don? The old me definitely would have <laughs> noticed like, well, why did he go this way? Right. <laughs> but Or she he- would ask the questions before we even left to make sure that I was going to take the proper route to avoid <laughs> that from ever happening. Yes. I mean, recognize I was that. really good about having all of the structure and everything like just so put together in my life. Yeah. And what I've noticed as I've let those things go and release that masculine energy is I don't even think about that anymore. And so now when you get in the car, I know that he knows where he's going. He has the ability to get us safely there. And even if he goes a way that's different than I would have chosen, it doesn't matter. There's no right or wrong. But that's also my responsibility to, if I make a mistake, if I take a wrong turn, if I go like whatever, that's my responsibility to fix my own problems. And she doesn't interject anymore into like making sure I don't make a mistake or calling me out on every single mistake that I make because it needs to be known that if she would have been doing it, it would have been done better. Yep. Coming coming back to what you said, Sophie, like the we get this all the time, like the list of like how do I do it? Like do like people mm-hmm. come to us for mentorship and and they say, like, all right, they're looking for a list, like a checklist of like, I want like what are the things that we need to do to get to a place where this feels real and authentic? Yeah. And the answer always is it's not how do I do it? It's what do I need to let go of? So it comes naturally that because it does and whatever comes naturally is what's real. And it doesn't matter if it meets your fantasy ideal of what you thought dominance and submission was going to be. What matters is that you go, you go with what's real for you and your partner and you work with that in really embodying leadership and followership. Could you maybe both give an example of what a block could be? Because you both are speaking of like, we, we really worked on all these blocks that would come up and like in this relating and for the energy to flow more. Could you maybe give an example of what a block like that could be or was? One thing for me, I've talked already kind of about releasing the blocks around receiving her, her heart, but another one that I've had to work through has been feeling worthy of telling her what to do, of taking the lead, of taking charge, feeling worthy of being followed. Hmm. And when that happens, now I'm not expressing my, I'm not leading with confidence. I'm not giving her that sense of safe energy because I'm going to come across as, as restricted, as constricted in my sense of confidence in what it is that I want and why I want it. So there's one other place that I think that I know I experienced being blocked up in my energy was being really able to communicate my desires with confidence and my, and my needs with confidence and feeling worthy of having them met. Mm. Wow. What about you, Don? What was a block that you maybe had or that you could have in this? Well, I don't think I have enough time to list them all. (laughs) (laughs) But but part of what I alluded to before is just getting underneath those belief systems. That What are those things such as, well, my mom taught me to be like not dependent on a man. Or maybe it was that, 
you need to be able to completely take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And like men are only X, Y, Z, like some of those belief systems that for you, it was don't ever speak up for what you want. Yeah. So turning this back to me is I, I didn't know that I didn't speak up for my needs or my desires. There was no hard expression in that way. And honestly, the biggest block for me that I got underneath was something I didn't even know was there was some sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. And what I am now realizing is all of the ways, like it literally is like the trauma was here and like it affected me this way. It affected me this way. It affected me this way. Like it played out in body image, self-worth, um, the heart expression. Like I can't even yeah. at almost every single way possible, except um, I knew that I had this innate desire to take care of a man. I, that was, that was just there in me. That being said, I also had those blocks that sometimes it came more naturally. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it was like, hmm, I'm not really feeling that today. Why is that? What is going on there? And once I got underneath that trauma surfaced, and again, that was part of my own journey, but also having him in my life to walk me to walk with me in fully releasing all of that. It's like night and day difference in like living in that flow of submissiveness versus sometimes feeling a different level of it day by day or moment by moment. (laughs) Let's be real. Surrender is moment to moment. And that's what we can do as men is mm -hmm. we, and I guess women, as well but when we are able to work through our own stuff then i'm able to be there so that as she needs to work through hers that i can just be a place where she can lay her head down on my shoulder and cry when she needs to and to know that that's not going to be judged and it's not going to be rejected and i'm not going to make it about myself like i make it easier for her to move through what she needs to move through and we it's something that we can offer each other in receiving each other within within the realms of staying in our proper polarity and staying in 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 a way that feeds the relationship and the desire for each other and doesn't take anything away from it i um (laughs) i I was i was reflecting on like what my block would be but i and i'm sure a lot of women listening to this will recognize that, but I would have a story of, oh, I, I will follow him if he leads me well, mm-hmm. right? If he's clear or if he's breathing properly or if he's prepared the car directions beforehand, then I will follow, right? And, and so there's so much conditionality to my, yeah, I'll be a, like a good surrendered girl if, and that doesn't feel right. Something about that feels very, um, conditional. So is that something you recognize that is that something you also had to work through? Because I think a lot of women will go into a more surrendered state, but then kind of passive aggressively still lead from that space. And that's something I do. And I'm sure maybe you recognize that too. Oh, absolutely. And part of my journey has been recognizing all of those little ways that my subconscious yeah. leads me. Yeah. So it's coming out of this subconscious survival mm-hmm. mode into a conscious intentionality. And those things don't change overnight. Let's be real. There's some, there's something underneath. There's a tra- trauma, a wound, or a belief system underneath those that once you start shining a light on them and become aware, now it's an opportunity. And now it's an opportunity where you can grow through it and release it. So that isn't blocking you anymore. Another thing that that I've seen in her and that I see in a lot of people who have that same, like, I'll follow you if you leave me in the way that I want you to follow. Really what you're saying is I'm still in control because I'm surrendering in the ways, if you would do it the same way I would. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you haven't really surrendered a damn thing. Mm -hmm. You've only decided to make it look like you did 
Mm-hmm. You decided to play the part when everything lines up perfectly. And this, <laughs> and this is why like, I see the big challenge for women yeah. is to learn to surrender to life first, to God, to the universe. I think you call a sky daddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, to learn to surrender, period, hard stop. Then when you feel safe to live in the world without needing to control every little thing and manipulate it to what feels safe to you, but you feel safe because you've cultivated a feeling of safety within yourself, then you can allow someone to step into that place in your life. You can let a human being take some of, to be the embodiment of the God energy of the, the universal masculine. But if you can't allow yourself to feel safe in general, you'll never feel safe letting someone else take charge of you. Because you'll always be looking for the ways that they fall short. That was an important piece of my journey is releasing the concept of um, this flawed humanness as a contingency on my surrender. And really, I I alluded to this before that I kind of set God over there for a little bit, but it really became a spiritual connection for me Mm -hmm. once I recognized that he is my tangible God on earth, if you will. Like Mm -hmm. he, the masculine presence that I get to touch, that I get to fuck, that (laughs) I get to kiss and like experience everything in a tangible human form. And like I said earlier also is he is the one that I experienced that unconditional love of God, of sky daddy, of the universe, of whatever name you want to put to the bigger, bigger spiritual nature of the world. Like once I came back and really fell into what that was for me, like so much just again, flowed more freely and made more sense and dissolved some of those other blocks is really accepting he is human. And um, I needed to stop projecting my perfection onto him. So interesting, because it's almost a contradiction, but it, it's so beautiful. It's like he's human, but I'm experiencing God through him. Mm-hmm. And somehow by allowing him to be human, that that gets to happen. That is way more free to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's incredibly that moving. Is, that is definitely a feeling thing that the logical mind definitely has a hard time making sense of. Yeah. Yeah. One of the ways that our friend Christina, who we mentioned earlier, puts this is it's not, it's not her putting me in the role of God. It's loving God through your partner. Like I experience her love for God through the way that she loves me. And I'm not putting myself in the role of God and I'm not making myself into a God, but I get to receive her love, that bigness of that love. I get to receive that. And that fills my heart up with so much to give back to her. And it becomes another one of these cycles or flows of energy Mm -hmm. that transcends what Christian Grey would ever do in a red room. (laughs) I mean, that's hot and all, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun, but it's not it's not everything. It can't be. It's so much more than it is. So much more than that, and and I think this is how I'm finding my way in this: is that I I, I practice polarity with Temer. And yes, it is seeping into our daily life, but it didn't feel strong enough. And for me, my entrance point was that I was, I didn't want to pay for things anymore. (laughs) And initially (laughs) I thought, I'm being a little princess. Why do I not want to pay for things anymore? But it wasn't about the actual physical money. It was, I never want to pull a card again in my life. 
especially when I'm with him, I never in my life want to pull a card again. My money can be on that card. I don't care. I just never want to pull it again. I want to go out for dinner. I want to get groceries. I don't care. I want him to pull the card. And that's, I had to move through like, that's princessy behavior or like that's spoiled brat or whatever. But the moment we started doing that, I could feel that my whole system softened because I didn't have to hold that energy. I don't want to hold that energy. I want nothing in my, I don't need to be erect for anything. That's what I call that. (laughs) I don't want that erectness. And, and it seems, and I'm sure other people listening to this, I judged myself because I thought it was a superficial thing to be upset about. I thought it was superficial of me to be bothered by pulling a credit card uh, when we get groceries. But now that we are not doing that anymore, I cannot tell you how much life energy, exactly what you both are speaking about, how much life energy I feel. Because I don't have to hold that pose anymore. Right. And that speaks to what comes naturally when you get some of the things out of the way. You can allow yourself to be taken care of. Yes. You can allow yourself to not have to be the one making the plans and figuring everything out and just be led with love, with care, with intention, with all of the desire to meet your needs. But that's a block right there is like, oh, that means I'm being needy. Having needs makes me needy. Having like wanting something is putting an obligation on him to give it to me. Mm -hmm. Or once you release some of that those beliefs you can like i said you can let yourself be taken care of you can let someone hold the door open for you and you can be receptive you can allow yourself to be receptive to loving kind leadership so how does that work let's say uh don i I don't know if you have this though but let's say you have a desire for him to open the door for you is that some is there space to bring that in how does that work in this like dynamic absolutely he wants every every heart desire every heart expression and so that's also been part of my journey because that was part of the little girl in me that was wounded that I didn't speak up for what I wanted Mm -hmm. and I'm still learning the ways that I think of something but I don't express it it literally just happened this morning (laughs) and I shared it with him like an hour and a half after I had the the thought and he's like no I want to hear that and so in my mind I'm like okay let me let me break this apart why don't I share those things I seek to understand myself deeply I want like I want every little piece gone because I tell you what, when you can live in the surrender of the flow and have that passionate energy, sexual energy cycling throughout your day, like, I don't want to not experience that. (laughs) And so, you know, this, this is a lifelong journey of how we can continue to show up and be better. And so he, I, I tell you what, he is like, He's a saint. <laughs> he, is, he is the most amazing man I've ever met. And I feel incredibly lucky to be married to him, to be his submissive and to experience this dance of life with him on a daily basis, because I'm not saying he's perfect. Neither one of us are, but his capacity to lead me and hold me in life continuously deepens and gets better. And he continuously shows me that um, he knows better than me. <laughs> and so I've had to, I didn't feel like I had pride there, but to some degree, when we are subtly trying to control different aspects of life, mm-hmm. um, there, you got to swallow your pride and realize if I want him to lead me, I have to allow him to penetrate me. And that's yeah. not just, phys- that's not just a physical word. That's penetrate me with his provision, his protection, his providership, like everything about his energy. And when I'm open to that, everything is better. I think I kind of went off tangent there, but. but but let's get real. If we're going somewhere together, 
and there's a door to be opened. She stands there now and waits oh. for me to open it. Okay, yeah. She doesn't touch the door. Right. When and how together. does that feel for you? Oh, I love it. Yeah. For me, it's like she, if she's walking ahead of me this morning on her way to the gym, mm -hmm. she's like ahead of me on the sidewalk. She gets to the door and now I see her standing there waiting for me to catch the couple steps up and pull that door open. Mm -hmm. Like I feel deeply respected. I feel like my leadership matters to her. And also she's not stepping in just because I was two steps behind her. She's not stepping into just, I can do it by myself. She can, but there's no part of my leadership, my dominance in this relationship that wants her to be incapable. Right. I want her to be fully capable and then choose to follow me so that I can set a course that looks at the big picture of life and how we make this love into the fullest expression of life that it can be. What is the difference between this and like, <laughs> this is, I'm adding this totally my own projection, but um, <laughs> no, my own fear, sorry, my own fear of myself. What is the difference between this and princessy behavior? Because I know I can stand next to that door and wait for him to open that door and there's a there's a I can open a that door flavor of like you should be opening the door for me because I'm being a little bratty princess. What's the difference? Well, well I think there's belief systems wrapped up in into all of those things. And yes. the funny thing is I am princess. That has been something he called me <laughs> from our wedding day. Okay. I am princess. And that yeah. that's one of my it's actually kind of funny that people use this term, like the princess posture to be the kind of needy demanding yeah, girl. Yeah. The story comes from my nephew when he was two on our wedding day, saw her in her wedding dress and went, Oh, princess. Aww. And ever since then, that's been my nickname for her. And it's taken on new meaning in, in this relationship. Mm -hmm. Now she's princess, but always in a way that I see her as just this beautiful ideal of love that I get to take care of and lead. Mm. And so around the door thing and the, like the energy around that, there's no expectation on her part that I have to be the one opening the door. It is a surrender to my, to my desire to be the one to take care of her in that way. Wow. And if I re if I don't honor that, I'm rejecting his leadership. I'm rejecting his penetration. And so there's there's none of this that's well, I need you to do this for me or I need you to be this way for me. Or if I act that way then what are other people going to think of me? I remember the first time when we were out, this was a few years ago already. Um, when we were out on a date and we got done at dinner and we stood up and our jackets were hanging on the booth. And he said, I would like you to put my jacket on for me. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have my jacket on yet. I grabbed his jacket, complete role reversal, right? Mm -hmm. Like if a woman even has her man put a jacket on, but I grabbed his jacket and I helped him put it on. And like, I won't ever forget that feeling of I assumed all eyes were on me because we were surrounded by tables. And you really, again, have to be willing to release the attachment to belief systems or what is someone else going to think of me and really come back to what do, what feels right to me in receiving my man because you receive each other too. And if you want his love, then receive all of him fully as he is out way. And release those, but he's not this or, but he's not, uh, I wish he was, I don't know, like 
Stop wishing he was different. And men, stop wishing she was different. Love each other for who you are and let each other show up with full authenticity. And you'll actually find that you can love your partner for who they are and be loved for who you are on a level that exceeds anything that you can do when you're trying to do things through expectations and like trying to make checklists that each other need to fulfill. Yeah. Can I ask like how, how does your environment respond to this is, is, or maybe doesn't even matter. (laughs) You wear, you wear, you wear the collar in public. If I understand it correctly. Right. Do you, do you get a lot of responses from people? Actually, no. Surprisingly. No, because if you think about it from the flip side, Mm -hmm. um, there's not that many people in the world who would go up to a stranger and be like, is that a caller? Even if they knew, right? right? Right. And whatever their belief system, if they know about BDSM or Dom Sub and callers, whatever belief system they have about the caller, um, they're going to project onto me. Like that's kind of how, because they only know their experience of it. And so really releasing whatever that is and owning it, because again, I know what this means to me and to us. It really doesn't matter what someone else wants to think about it. Four years into this now, it really doesn't matter to us anymore, especially because we do this for a living. (laughs) Like this is our full-time job now is teaching and coaching around like helping people integrate these, these ways of loving and being into their relationships or to prepare themselves to be able to do that. And at this point, we've gone so far beyond any sense of shame about it that if someone asks, we just say what it is. And if they have a problem with it, then that's on them. I do get compliments on it. Like if someone knows what it is, especially yeah. women, they'll compliment, oh, I love your collar. And they'll specifically oh. say collar. Yeah. The people who know, know. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, a depends on, it depends on geographical location too, is what we found out. Because we recently went down south in the United States <laughs> and specifically three people were like, I had a different one on, but three of them were like, Oh my gosh, I love your collar. Oh, that's so bad, one guy said. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's sick. The color is oh, yeah. sick. That's not rad. It was sick. That's so sick. Yeah. It was a beautiful red lace collar. Yeah, because I, I, I'm sure like learning about these things, people will be really afraid about what everybody outside of you will think about it. Yeah. It's surprising how few people say anything about the collar, how few people say anything. Most of the things that we do and the ways we interact in public, no one would have any clue that we are a dominant submissive couple. Yeah. Because from the outside, our relationship looks like one that is deeply loving and respectful and with a lot of love and passion for a couple who's been married for 12 years. Mm -hmm. That's what people from the outside see. They see me always holding her hand when we cross the street. They see like most of the little rituals that are a part of our day-to-day show of respect and leadership won't even be noticed by other people, but they mean something to us. Would you mind sharing one last virtual? Because honestly, it's just really inspiring to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, one of them is, even as we sit here right now, Mm -hmm. Don is always on my right side. When we walk, unless there's a reason like on the street that I want her on the other side of me, she's always on my right side. She's sitting on my right side now. When we walk, when we go anywhere. And there's a variety of reasons for that, like that I chose to have her walk and sit to my right. One of them is that her wedding ring is on her left hand. And when I hold her hand, I like to feel it there. Right. 
but it's just a little again a little ritual no one would ever notice or even think and to us even it becomes second nature until like i'm walking somewhere into a restaurant with a friend and he's <laughs> on my left side and i'm like i feel strange walking next to somebody <laughs> on the other side of me but just yeah there's just one little thing when we go out for um date nights out to restaurants he chooses my meal oh i love and that he doesn't completely do it blindly he asks me if there's like anything that stands out and then he makes the final decision and he chooses the wine and whatever else about the dinner. That's one thing I think that a lot of guys who start to step into this role of dominant miss is they think now that I'm Dom, now that I'm sir, Mm -hmm. what I say goes. Yes. And they revert back to what David Dita calls the first stage of polarity, back yeah. to like the my way or the highway. Yes. They think that's what dominance is. And in reality, it's leadership, it's decision making. And so when although I do pick out her meal at a restaurant, for example, mm-hmm. I will ask her for input, like she said. Is there anything on here that looks particularly good to you or anything you know you don't like you don't want to eat? I'll get some input and some feedback from her. But then she's removed from having to be the one to decide among the two or three or four things that she may really want, where we need to send the waiter away five <laughs> times before he comes back and she's made a decision. I can look at, okay, we're having this wine. I know that she had beef yesterday. She hasn't had a pork chop in a while, and this one looks really good, and make a decision like that. And I like making decisions. It's yeah. It feels good to me to be decisive. And so that gives me an opportunity to lead in little ways like that, where I can receive her input and still be in charge without having to be like my way or the highway. You don't even get to look at the menu or give me any input. I'm still the leader. I'm still the dumb, even if, and maybe even more so because now she knows her needs and wishes are being respected in the decisions that are being made. Yeah, that's it. It's the difference between like juvenile polarity and Mm -hmm. mature, vulnerable polarity. Yeah. That's a great, great summary. And I just listening to you, my whole body's like, oh my God, I want this so badly too. Because <laughs> this, I think this is exactly masculine and feminine. The masculine loves making decisions. I don't want to make decisions. I don't enjoy it. I don't care. Either. Just get me food. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> We're going to be watching for a call to appear in your... Yeah. <laughs> I was already wearing like, something like this. I was like, ah, we're sneakily getting there. <laughs> sneakily getting there i could talk to you guys honestly for so much longer i want to respect your time though um what is like the one thing you want people to know about this way of relating that you are so beautifully beautifully role models for authenticity has to trump everything yeah Authenticity has to be at the core of everything in order for this type, this way of relating to really work on an ongoing basis in a loving relationship. Any way that you, that either partner is trying to perform is going to feel it's, you're going to know that you're a fraud or you're going to know that your partner is performing to a standard rather than authentically receiving you or giving to you. And so it's the hard way. There are no shortcuts to authenticity. You have to go through all of your, all of your inner shit to be able to really embody these roles authentically. But it's the only way that it really makes this tick and when it does it lights a fire yeah don what about you 
Well, that's basically what, in other words, what I was going to say, but I, I just want to add that the work to get there is worth it. Yeah. Like it's, it's been a long process and it probably never ends. I mean, we're human beings here on earth, but it, it really is worth it. And to just, um, while you're doing the work, just continue to show up in that relationship and be love and like open that heart and just be love. Like that's been my own mantra is how can I be love? Cause I, I feel his love. So how can I actually be love to him today? So beautiful. Thank you both of you so much for sharing so vulnerably and so openly your story is so inspiring. Wow. I know I'm going to have my man listen to this episode and I'm sure many people are going to do that. Okay. <laughs> like, hey, well, maybe this one. Part two coming in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That would be really cool. If people want to find out more about you, where can they go? We are infinitedevotion.com on the web or at underscore infinite devotion on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful Instagram. It's beautiful, beautiful. Made me cry several times. <laughs> well, that is the ongoing joke now that... Um, I, what I do for a living is I make women cry. You absolutely do. You absolutely do. And some men. And some men. And some men, I'm sure. I rarely get through a conversation. I'm actually really impressed. We got through all the way today without tears running down your cheeks. That, that doesn't happen. There were several moments where I was like, okay, we're still here. We're still here. Hey, right, thank you so, so much for being here. I appreciate you both so much. Thank you for having us. Yes. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you so much, my loves, for listening to another episode of The Deeper Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please pass along to even just one person who needs to hear this. And my love language is very much words of affirmation. So I love, love, love it when you share my work. If there was one sentence that popped out to you from today's episode, please do share it on your social media. Tag me in it and I will shower you with my gratitude. And always, if you want to stay connected, Instagram is the best place. That's where I'm the most active, sophie.josephina, or hop on on my mailing list, sophiejosephina.com. And before I forget, all of these conversations, so every podcast episode is now also available on my YouTube channel, so you can always check it out there. <laughs>